Hey, hey, welcome to the Daddy Dilemmas Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 1-5. This is a show where we have a beer and we talk about our kids, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and mostly the bad and the ugly. I'm Chris, dad to two adopted beautiful little girls that are 12 and 14, and I'm here with my special guest host, because Don's on vacation, we have a special guest host all the way from the other side of the world. He's the daffy to my bugs, Brett. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) Hello, hello. I'm Brett, and uh, I'm living in the Netherlands. I've been in Europe since 1999. I've got two kids. I have a son who's 23 and a daughter 21, and uh, we're ready to get this party started. Well, what are you drinking today, Brett? Well, I have a special beer, and it's a beer I happen to like. It's one of my favorite beers. It's called it's called Weinstefaner, and it comes from Bavaria. It's a Weizen beer, which is a wheat beer. Well, actually, Hefeweizen. It's a wheat beer, and um, it's got a golden color, cloudy. Uh, it's 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 a, a mild flavor. It's not doesn't have a very strong flavor, and um, it comes from a brewery that claims to be the oldest still active brewery brewing their beer, uh, which uh, started in 1040. So it's almost a thousand years old. 1040. That's like this morning. Yeah, 1040. What's your 1040? Uh, what's your 104? Okay. Um, <laughs> So let's go with the. I'm I'm not drinking right now because it's early in the day here, but I will oh, be drinking on. later on, and I'll drink my favorite, which is Bud Platinum, which is like Bud Light with a little bit of a kick because it's got more alcohol. Oh, really? What's the percentage? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it's. I know it's more. The, that's why it's platinum because it's higher percentage of alcohol. Now you need to, you need to have a bottle of Delirium Tremens. That's like twelve percent. Okay, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm already too fat already. I don't need to <laughs> put on those calories. So let's go with the uh, dad joke of the episode. So hey, Brett. Hey, Chris. What's up? What do you call a fake noodle? A fake noodle. A fake noodle. I don't know. What do you call a fake noodle? An impasta. Oh, ho, 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 ho. wow! Uh, Sa- Santa Claus just. Oh, I thought Santa Claus just joined the podcast. <laughs> so I hear you have a fact of the day. You've taken over Don's fact of the day. Fact of the day duties. Um, this is yeah the father fact of the day. Now uh, there is a person known as William of Willem. Fanorania or William of Orange, he is known as the father of the fatherland of Father des Fatherlands. And that is, he was the first leader uh, or head of state, you could say, of the Netherlands. And uh, the fact is, he was the first head of state to be assassinated by a firearm. He was, uh, so he was the first one, you know, It's it's an honor. But um, and he was killed uh, not you know not too far from where I live uh, in Delft. And if you ever heard of Delft, D E L F T, that's the place where they make porcelain, Delft Blau, Delft Blue porcelain. It's very famous. 
And um, in the, in Delft, there's what's called the Prinzenhof, and that's where he lived, which is now a, a really great museum, which has also porcelain in there. You, when you go in there, there's a, a stair a stairway where uh, there's a hole in the wall, which now they have it covered with uh, plexiglass or something. Because I know people that said when I was a kid, you just stick your hole, your finger in the hole and play with it because that's where the bullet, one of the bullets went yeah. that that would killed him. And um, and uh, uh, Baltazar, the person that killed him was Baltazar Gerards, and this was in 1584. So that was the first firearm assassination, 1584. And Baltazar Gerard, I happened to be a few years ago, uh, they have a day every year in Holland where it is called Monument Day, where there's a lot of buildings that are open up and you can go visiting the buildings, which I love going to. So I go to different cities to, to see these buildings that, are, that aren't open normally to the public. And in Delft, I went into the old city hall and above, in, above is the old prison, which is just a small room. And... Well, I could tell you another story about that, but there was a poster <laughs> there that explained explained what they did to this guy. You can look it up on Wikipedia, but basically they tortured him and they killed him like four times before they executed him. So they... Oh, they <laughs> How do you they, kill they, somebody four times? Well, I'm, I, well, I'm saying he couldn't have been alive, but when they, when he, they finally executed him, because they stuck him on a pole and they tied him up in a way where he could barely breathe. They they took off chunks of flesh from six parts of his body. They disemboweled him. They took out his heart. They uh, before they beheaded him, you know. So they, <laughs> they did all these things. They tortured him for I think a, a few days before they killed him. Um, but you know that's how justice was back then. And they were like, we just want to make sure he's dead. So you know, now that we've, we disemboweled him and took out his heart, but we're not sure yet. So let's just keep going and de-head him. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just like those two hunters in the forest. And one of the guys gets a heart attack and the other guy calls, calls 911. I almost said 112 because that's what it is here. <laughs> calls, calls 911 and he says, hey, uh, my buddy. He's laying here on the ground. His eyes are glazed over. He's not breathing. He's dead. I'm telling you, he's dead. The operator says, well, hold on, hold on. Calm down, sir. Calm down. Now, now first, make sure he's dead. <laughs> okay, now what? <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the joke of the day. <laughs> okay, so Brent, Brent yes. and I have been friends for many, 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 many years. We Ooh, met... At least um, 30. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. And we met, um, he was living in California, I was living in California. Um, and I don't know where we met, but we became friends. And and then he decided to go off to Japan for a showbiz career at an amusement park <laughs> in Japan, where he made balloon animals and later was in a stunt show, right? Uh, also, I was in a stunt show, which I, I, even though I regret now because I got pretty hurt doing that because I'm not a stunt man. But of course, when you're young and you're a guy and somebody says, hey, you want to do a stunt show? What are you going to say? Of course I do. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he lived in the U.S. for a while after he got married to his wife that he met at the uh, amusement park, Femka. Yes. Um, and then he moved back to the Netherlands, correct? Um, well, uh, we first uh, we well we first were living in the states because that's where I went to school. Oh yeah. And then uh, well, after I graduated, then we moved to Holland. 
And when, like I said, he was working in an amusement park in Japan, and that's where he met his wife, who was Dutch. Um, he could tell because she wore those wooden clogs. And he knew uh, right yeah. away. Um, <laughs> so he's living in Holland, and then he decided to move to Spain. Spain. He's going to uproot the whole family. And what, was there a reason he moved to Spain? Well, I was pretty much done with where I was working and the person I was working for. So I decided, you know, coming from Southern California, I'm ready for some warm weather. And I was thinking either Italy or Spain. And we had been to Spain a couple times. And actually, I shouldn't say we moved to Spain because people where I live, they wouldn't like that. We moved to Catalonia. Okay. Because because they, <laughs> they want to be independent from Spain. So Barcelona area. That we were about a half hour, 40 minutes away from Barcelona. And um, uh, I just wanted to get, you know, a different, uh, different uh, area, different weather, uh, you know, new adventure. Cool. And, and then we lived, there, we lived there for eight years. We lived uh, in the area, which I know you know Kava because you're the one that first told me about Kava mm-hmm. way, way back when. When we were living in in uh, uh, Alhambra, Alhambra, yep, Alhambra, and uh, and you introduced me to kava, even though it's the worst kava on the planet, and it'll give you a headache. But you introduced me to kava, and where I lived, ninety five percent of the kava, including that one, is made there. Hmm. And uh, so, but there is very good kava. To me, uh, you you get a good bottle of kava, you pay way way a third of what a cheap bottle of champagne is and it's much much better and how old were your kids when you moved there they were seven and nine seven and nine so imagine you're living where you're living now and you just say hey you know what i'm gonna get my seven year old and my nine year old pack up the car or did you go by car or train car okay pack up the car and we're going to move to a whole new country that speaks a whole different language. And so that's what you did, right? Yeah, it's a challenge because I didn't speak Spanish. I had Spanish in high school for two years, but I never wanted to take Spanish and I never learned Spanish. I mean, the only thing I could say is what I would tell you. ¿Dónde está la casa de Pepe? ¿Quieres jugar al fútbol? <laughs> and what was it? Let's see how good you are. What was your Spanish teacher's name in high school? Uh, I, can I remember his, mine. <laughs> I can picture his face. I don't remember. Mr. Mr. Saligo or something like that. Mine was uh, Miss Mrs. Santiago, who oh, reeks of coffee and Sevilla. cigarettes every day. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us. Uh, so tell us how the transition went. No, I'll tell you. Uh, the thing is, at seven and nine, if you want to move and you're thinking about going to another country. Uh, you should do it uh, by the time your kid is 12, because at that age, uh, they haven't made like the real permanent friendships, usually at that age. And um, on top of that, their ability to learn language is much better. It's much quicker. And um, and uh, uh, yeah, the, the the transition went. We moved there and it, it actually went really well because we were introduced to where we were staying is where we were staying when we were on vacation at this guy's uh, farmhouse or Masia, and we and he had an apartment there. So we were living there in the beginning, and he is a guy. His family's been there forever. Uh, is involved in a lot of things. He knows everybody. So he took us around. He took us uh, 
uh, to the local uh, elementary school, and it was a it was a um, uh, it was a Monday or Tuesday, and uh, our kids started school on Wednesday. And luckily, the director of the school did speak English, but the English teacher didn't, <laughs> or at least. I tried to speak English to him and, and I had to switch to Spanish because I don't think he understood me. But, um, uh, and so the kids started school on Wednesday. They didn't speak any Catalan because there, the first language is Catalan. Spanish, you learn as a second language. And everybody does speak Spanish, but Catalan is the main language. So uh, being that, even though the, they don't have any money, they have money to give my kids a private tutor to learn Catalan. That's important. Uh, so uh, the kids had to had to speak Catalan. They didn't speak it to anybody. They couldn't. And and my daughter, she doesn't care. My daughter, she just goes out there and uh, she'll she'll do whatever and she'll get attention. And it was all fine for her. My son, on the other time, on the other hand, he's a he's a a, a smart kid. And in Holland, he was definitely ahead of everybody in his class. You know, he was reading before anybody else was reading. And so then he goes to Spain and he had a hard time. He did not want to go to school because I think he felt stupid is what it is. Literally, we went there and he wouldn't get out of the car, whatever. I had to sling because I was tough. It was this was the tough love. I slung him over my shoulder and I, I walked into the school, you know, with him over my shoulder. He didn't want to go. He was uh, really fighting it. And um but after like three months, uh, I remember he did, uh, they do these dictation tests and he did better than most of his class after three months. After six months, they were fluent. So, you know, it, it all went at that point smoothly. And they still have, even though we live back in Holland, they still have good friends back in Spain. They speak Spanish and Catalan. Uh, I think in, in all they'll look back on it later and think, you know, that was a really good experience. It really, it broadens their whole outlook for the future. And that's, that's actually helping your daughter out with her, with her uh, career, correct? Uh, well, yes. Yeah, the fact that she could speak three languages or how many languages does she speak? Four. Four. Yeah. So yeah, they grew up, they grew up with four languages because we speak, even though my wife is Dutch, when I met her, I didn't speak Dutch. And so we've always spoken English and uh, so we speak English at home, uh, and my kids spoke, of course, uh, in Spain, they spoke Catalan or sometimes Spanish. And, um, of course, we live in Holland, and that's where they first lived, uh, and they speak Dutch. No Japanese? My son is studying at Leiden University, which we live in a little village right next to Leiden. Leiden is one of my favorite cities, Leiden in Delft. Uh, and Leiden has the oldest University of Holland. It's from 1575, and it was a gift from William of Orange for holding out against the damn Spaniards. <laughs> and, he should have uh, used, used that money to buy a bulletproof vest. Uh, yeah, he should have. They had they had that. Kevlar wasn't invented in 1584. <laughs> yeah, but... just put a. You know, I watch cartoons and they just put a big frying pan under their shirt. That works. That works. Yeah. Just like just like in uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. And um, so 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 my son is studying at Leiden University. He's doing the same study that my wife had done, which is Japanese studies. And uh, my daughter goes to a hotel and management school. And um, 
And she is currently on the island of Bonaire. For those of you who want to look it up, it's it's a Dutch territory. It's north of Venezuela, uh, close to Aruba and Curaçao. And she's doing an internship there for six months. And she'll be back in just uh, a couple of weeks. And she got that internship, I think, in part, the fact that she speaks Spanish. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I mean, my kids speak English. That's it. Yeah, well, that's all I ever spoke. And it was, to me, it is really a miracle because I never wanted to speak a second language. I never wanted to take Spanish or any other language in high school. I'm living in America and we speak we speak English. Everybody speaks English. Why do I have to learn another language when I don't want to? And now I speak fluent Dutch and my Spanish is really not good, but I can get by fine in Spanish. So um, what about your uh, Japanese? My Japanese, I forget almost everything. I mean, I was there and I, when I was there, I actually studied it when I was there. And that actually gave me the confidence that thinking I can learn Dutch because I was in, in Japan and I studied it enough where I could communicate. I could say, you know, I'm from California. I work here. How much does that cost? Oh, that's, that's really cute. And, you know, I, and I could understand a lot. So it gave me the confidence, but really I, I'm not a language person although I'd like to talk. And so by talking, that's how I learned. But it took me uh, from the time that even though I worked every day and I had to speak Dutch every day for my work, it took me, uh, I would say, a good three years before I felt comfortable in a social setting. You know, at work, you say the same things, but at a social setting, just talking, uh, it took me a while and and now, yeah, nobody complains about my Dutch. Everybody says, yeah, I understand you perfectly. I have people that tell me all the time, you speak perfect Dutch, but I know for a fact it's nowhere near perfect. Cool, cool. And um, so what, if somebody was going to move to another country with their kids, what, yeah. what, what tips would you give them? Well, like I said, move before they're 12 or 14, because at that point, if you learn a language before the age of 14, so I understand, you'll speak the language without an accent. You'll speak the language like it's supposed to be spoken, and you'll be able to integrate better. Uh, the other thing is, it just depends. You know, some people like uh, where, I, where I work here, there's a lot of diplomats, and, um, and there's a lot of people that come here on, on short contracts, two years, four years. And if you're doing that, of course, you're probably going to send your kid to an international school. Or if there's, like for Americans, there's here where I, where, uh, where I work, there's an American school, there's a British school, there's a French school, and there's an international school. And the international school teaches in English. And um, uh, so if you, if you move somewhere that has uh, like an international school, if you're not going to live there long, that's what I would suggest. But if you're really thinking about staying in a country, then I would definitely recommend what I did. Just send your kid to a normal school, local school, because uh, that helps you also get integrated in the country and meet people from there. And, uh, you know, in Spain, there's an area of Spain uh, called Benidorm. Uh, there's a, a city. And in Benidorm, there are tons of Dutch people. Uh, I understand if you go to the butcher, uh, the butcher speaks Dutch. At the supermarket, they speak Dutch. There's a Dutch doctor and a Dutch dentist and a Dutch physical therapist and a Dutch whatever. So you can live in your little Dutch community. But when I moved to Spain, I didn't want to do that. I want to live in Spain and I want to experience the culture. So if you want to do that, then send your kids to local school. 
Hmm. They'll make friends from there and it will help you integrate. All right. Well, great. Thanks for thanks for sharing that with us. Um, we're gonna move on to our next topic, which is the uh, last podcast I did uh, the first half of 24 cheap and free things to do for summer activities for your kids. And I know if you're like me, my kids want to sit around and they want to watch movies all day or play video games. And it's kind of hard to get them to go outside and do something besides that. But when I do, here's some things, you know, that you can do to get your kids out and not sitting in front of the TV. Um, we did 12, I think one through 12 last time. So I'm going to do 13 through 24. Um, we'll go through. I like, kind of, I, like, I like you put, making the bridge over the pool. I think that's, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, and then, and then have noodles like a, like a pillow fight, you know, over that. I think that would be great. I would do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, number 13 is decorate rocks. We kids do that all the time. They love to paint rocks for some reason. Oh, look at this rock I, I painted, Dad. I'm like, here, it's for you, Dad. I'm like, I already have 12 of them. I don't need more rocks, painted rocks. And you and you, and you said, when I was a kid, we had a pet rock. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, make homemade. Spencer's. <laughs> <laughs> Next one is make homemade goop. My kids do that all the time. They call it slime, homemade slime. Right. It's like uh Water um, and cornstarch, and I thought it was soap too. But anyway, it, I'll put. I'm leaving the link on the um, show notes so you can look it up and see if you wanted to do that. Next one, enroll in a craft class. And now that yeah, COVID's pretty much back to normal here. Um, I think that's a good thing. How's COVID doing over there? Well, as far as like vaccinations and things like that, uh, here in Europe in general, and definitely Holland, we're like eight to 10 weeks behind you. So I just got my second vaccination. Uh, what was that? Four days ago, just this past Saturday. Oh, okay. And, and things so, are like, did you still have to wear so a mask if you go to the market? Uh, right. That recently just very recently just stopped the masks are not required except i think still on public transportation but basically nowhere else for my work i wear a mask because uh, i'm a chiropractor and i have close contact with people so currently i'm still wearing a mask it's not technically required but if i get in contact with somebody as long as i'm keeping my hygiene correct i might not have to be, stop working and be in quarantine so yeah. we're way behind it's not back to normal yet, but the kids are gonna are starting to go back to school. Um, so things are getting there. Well, I needed a sign here to tell me that you know things are getting back to normal. And I yeah. got it the other day when I went to Costco and they're doing the free samples again. Oh yeah. Which is the yeah. only reason to go to Costco, but 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 still, I don't know if you feel like this. Um I went to, there's a, a mall here, like a shopping center, but it's open. It's open in the middle. So, you know, you can see the sky and everything. So there's plenty of air. And I went there like, I don't know, like four or six weeks ago. And at that time, of course, masks are still required when you go inside. There were only so many people allowed in a store still, still based on square meters of the store. 
And the thing is, I'm walking in the center of this mall, and it was really it was nice weather, so everybody's outside. It was really crowded, almost nobody wearing a mask, and I felt a bit uncomfortable. I wasn't used to it. <laughs> and didn't you feel like that when you're trying these free samples? Didn't you kind of like half of you think like I want to try the free samples, but I, I feel kind of odd doing this. Like, is it safe? It, it was weird. It was weird in the beginning, but you know, once I got that free sample, I'm like, oh, that was tasty. I'm gonna go get some more. <laughs> so you don't, I, you don't do the the pizza and coke for for one ninety nine or whatever it is now. Oh, the the hot dog and hot dog, hot dog, hot dog and a drink. I haven't done that for a while, but they did open up. You know, they they had taken all the tables out. And last time I was in Costco, yeah. all the tables are back, so you can order your hot dog and sit at a table and eat it. So I think things are really getting back to normal here. And except when I was in Vegas, you know, to to get in a lot of the stores, I guess they're limiting the number of people that can go in. Like we really wanted to take the girls to the M&M store. Yeah. And there was like a line of about 30 people outside, and they were let two out, two come in. Look, maybe maybe I'm old, but I don't get an M&M store. I don't see what the attraction is. Okay, you can get different colored M&Ms that you can't get anywhere else. You can put your name on the M&Ms for a fortune. So you're gonna spend you're gonna spend like uh, twenty times what it would cost you for M&Ms just so you can have your name on an M&M. Uh, yeah. But what don't about all it. the what about all the other M&M swag you can get? You know, pillows and and little little statues and. There was it. <laughs> I don't know why we're going off on this tangent. I haven't finished my list yet, but in um, there was a Hershey store in New York, New York, the hotel, yeah. and that one didn't have any line. We went in there, and yeah, it's just a bunch of Hershey stuff. And yeah. but they did have like a Squirts. I don't know, it's probably like a six foot Statue of Liberty made entirely of Twizzlers. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't know about you. I'm a red vine guy, not Twizzlers. Well, I think don't it's, like Twizzlers. it's a little harder to sculpt with red vines than it is with Twizzlers. Yeah, but I like red vines. <laughs> I don't like Twizzlers. But even some of the stores, it was ridiculous because we were at the forum shops in Caesar's Palace, and there was lines there to get in too, but it was like Cartier and Rolex and, you know, none of the shops of names you haven't heard of that sell high end stuff. So how long line. did you have to wait, wait in line to buy your Cartier or Rolex? Well, I waited like 15 minutes to buy my Rolex yeah. and then it's going to be another 15 years before I pay it off. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Back to the list. Back uh, to the list. Number. Number. What number is this? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> tour your hometown. So that's kind of that's kind of cool. This uh, number sixteen, by the way. Tour what, your hometown. What town, what town do you live in? I live in Mesa, Arizona. And what's there to do there? What are what are the highlights? What are the things that you'd recommend? Well, there is there is every year they have a bicycle tour. They have a big bike event, which is a race, and then like a party thing afterwards. And they do have a bicycle tour of, of downtown Mesa, kind of the old town area. Yeah. I haven't done it yet, but um, there are no to see here in Mesa. So let's show you some old houses. And, hey, look, this is where an old guy lived. Um, and there's there's a stadium. We do uh, spring training here. So there's uh, a... The there's Angel. a Was it the Angels? All the teams, like half the teams and then uh, and, uh, oh, okay. NLB. No. 
MLB. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) But the Cubs had a had a really old stadium they used to play at. Now they they just recently built them a brand new stadium where they play. Okay. Uh 17, swap toys. So maybe you have a friend and you go to their, you have your kid gather up all their toys and go to your friend's house and they swap them, which we just send them to the goodwill because that's what right. we do with our old toys, and we have a lot of them. We have we have a Goodwill area in our house where we pile boxes of clothes and toys, and I'd say like every two months, we have five boxes of stuff to go to Goodwill because my wife is a hoarder. Um, next one, <laughs> volunteer your time. <laughs> <laughs> volunteer your time which is good yeah we we have a we have a thing here in mesa where you can go and fill up bags of food that they send off somewhere and we've done that yeah. before pretty fun but my daughter has add so she like i want to do this one where you scoop it in and put the rice in the bag and that's okay go ahead dad let me do that let me do that i'm so like, okay okay you can do it i'll trade with you your job for mine she does like three bags. She goes, oh, I'm bored. What else yeah. can I do? I want to do the bag, the thing that seals the bag. Okay. Three bags. She's like, okay, I'm done. But anyway, we do that. Uh, next one. I'm trying to get through these. Uh, 19. Check out a wildlife refuge. Do you have one of those? Then? We have we have several here, actually. So uh, are they are they desert refuges? Because there's one in uh, like Palm Desert, which is the wildlife, the desert, desert, wild something desert reserve, which is really cool. Yeah, they yeah we have that too. I, I've never been there, so I don't know what kind of animals they have, but um, I heard it's pretty good. We'll have to go one day. Um, arra- arrange a scavenger hunt. I think that would be fun. We've done that before. That's fun. Yeah, we give the kids, we do it in the neighborhood. Like, we'll drive around and we'll say, find a house with a rooster somewhere in that, uh, you know, in the front of the house. And they'll have to go and look. They walk around the neighborhood and look for the house that has a rooster. Have you ever done uh, the geocaching? I haven't. Because that's Uh, something also. It's like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've always wanted to do it, but I just have never done it. We did one on our, we live on a lake and everybody has a pontoon boat, electric pontoon boat. And we did one one year where you had to put objects in a, in a black uh, trash bag and people had to go to your dock and then feel the bag and try and guess what was inside. Okay. So that was fun. Uh, okay. This one we don't do here in Arizona, but maybe somewhere build a backyard bonfire. Yeah, a, a, it's, it's, more, it's too hot for you in the summer anyway. Why would you build a fire? Yeah, it's like a thousand <laughs> degrees here. So I'm not going to build a fire and half of Arizona. You. <laughs> and even if I was in Flagstaff, which is our area that's nice and cool, there's a bunch of fires up there. So I don't think you're allowed to build a fire, but good choice. We actually yeah, have one but... of those. We actually have one of those. Um, we used to use it in our RV. It's like a gap propane bonfire. Yeah. So you put it out and it's got lava rocks and you just hook it to a propane can and you got, your, you got your bonfire. Um, watch movies outdoors. We do that. We bought a projector and a big blow up screen. and That's cool. I think that's cool. You know, I was thinking about maybe doing that here 
and getting just you know getting out to the neighbors and and um because i do have a projector although i have a normal screen you know the kind on a tripod that's the biggest screen i have but i thought if i could hook it up outside and then make everybody watch the princess bride mine's like my screen's like a 150 inch screen and i bought a projector on on uh amazon when it was like on super sale so we're ready to go um the the bad part is that we we don't do it in the summer because it's too hot obviously and sometimes I'll say, okay, we're going to, you know, kids, guess what? We're going to have a backyard movie tonight. And they're like, yay! And then we go outside and it's like windy. You can't do it when it's windy because it blows the screen around. So, number 23, tour a factory. We don't have any, like, uh, you know, if there was an alcohol factory here that makes scotch or something, I would tour that. But You know, I love doing stuff like that. I always love learning, like, how things are made. In fact, uh, uh, I work in another place and it's directly next to a cocoa factory. And mm. sometimes I go to work, I come out of my car and you smell like pure chocolate. It's like dark, pure chocolate. So now that COVID restriction is loosening up, I went over there and I asked if I could get a tour. If, 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 I said, do you ever open up? Do you have visitors? The, the women behind the counter, if that's the first person you see when you go to a business, I'm sorry. These, one of them was like out of it. And the other one was like, no, we don't do that. And I'm like, and, and on the counter, there's these badges that say visitor. So I said, well, I said, you have these badges for visitors. And so, so you must have people that come in. Well, those are clients and whatever. I said, can you tell them I'm like from Colombia and I want to I want to buy chocolates or whatever? And 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 I'm joking around with them. They're finding it not funny. And basically, computer says no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last one, and then we're gonna wrap up. Read a story. That's yeah. that's free, and I guess it's uh, my kids won't sit still for that. So if your kids will. Good on you. Well, like you know, just show them the Princess Bride. It's like pretending like somebody's <laughs> reading a story. So it's almost the same thing. It might get them interested to actually have a story read to them. There you go. Um, okay, well, that's gonna do it for today's episode. I want to thank you for listening. And if you like this podcast, which you should because it's awesome, um, please. Please subscribe on on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and be sure and share it with somebody. You know what? Just, you know, you're walking down the street, you're walking through Target or something. Just you see somebody with the kids and you go, hey, Daddy Dilemmas, check it out. And if you need a a cool T-shirt for your dad or yourself or your mom or whoever, um, you can go to hogfishtees.com and get a really cool T-shirt. Okay, and that's that actually don't forget, don't forget the uh the, the discount code. Yes, if you want to get a 20% off on your whole order, not just one shirt, you say, hey, 20% off of one shirt, that's really good. Because I'm buying six, but I get 20% off of one. No, you get 20% off your whole shopping cart. That's a deal. That's a deal and a half. And uh <laughs> if you're a daddy or a mommy. In a mess, you could get some question mark good <laughs> uh, advice from the dads by emailing us at dads, that's D-A-D-S, at hogfishstudios.com or by visiting our Facebook page at 
facebook.com slash daddy dilemmas podcast yeah all right until next time be strong dads dads out 